Welcome to Woody Online. Thank you for tuning in to one of our pre-recorded services. Our community is based in Cardiff and we meet every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. If you're ever in the area, we'd love to see you there. We hope you enjoy this week's message and that it inspires and blesses you. Hello and welcome uh, to Woodville Baptist Church. Uh, my name is Josh Palmer and I'm the pastor here at Woody's. It's great that you've joined me today. We're um, online. Uh, I really hope and pray this blesses you. Uh, but before we go into God's word and uh, get stuck into 1 Peter, let's just bow our heads and pray together. Father, I pray that may you uh, give me the right words to share. Thank you for what you put on my heart. I pray, Lord Jesus, may bless others just as he has blessed me. So speak to us, Lord, and help us to have open ears and listening hearts to just be um, open to hear you. So we thank you for your word that is living. And thank you for the hope that we have in you. In your name. Amen. So um, we recently moved to a house, uh, a church house. And when we first went there to have a look at the place, uh, we walked in and there, were, uh, there was a carpet on, on, um, in, the, in the foyer bit. And uh, my wife turned around to me and said, I really hope that there are some tiles underneath there. I said, what do you mean? She said, I've been looking at our houses around the area and most of them have got these beautiful tiles at the bottom. And um, we were like, okay, but the carpet's stuck on, so what do we do? We found a bit of an opening uh, in one of the uh, cupboards and lo and behold, when we just lifted it up, amongst all everything else, we saw this pattern of tiles down there that my wife was looking forward to. There were some beautiful tiles. And the more we ripped the carpet off, the more they came alive. The more they, you saw them, oh, these, this is a beautiful design. And it, it was hidden uh, by this carpet. Our lives can sometimes be like that. When we get covered in dirt and grime, that no one knows that there is something beautiful under there. But what we need to do is we need to get rid of that dirt and that grime and, and we need to become spiritually clean. And we need to cleanse ourselves, both in flesh and in spirit. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, it says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. And here in 1 Peter, uh, when we read um, from verses, chapter 1, verses 13 to 16, Peter is again writing here all about holiness. It's titled, Be Holy. So let's just look into this a little bit more. But before we do that, I just want to pose this question out there. Can you just imagine um, what it'd be like if... If we, we, did, we did have holiness ingrained in all of us. If we had a, some code of, sort of a holiness code that, that when it was enforced that people either be breaking it or, or they'd be keeping it. 
But friends, holiness cannot be programmed. It cannot be uh, put into a code language. But it's a command that's been given to us by God. So what is holiness? Our text will be from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 to 16. And my first point is holiness is a response to future grace. Verse, verse 13 says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. You've got to ask a question, why is that word therefore? So why is there therefore? Therefore, why is it there? Paul uses this word therefore to go back to remind the readers all about the wonderful grace that is given to them by God. Therefore, because of this new birth and grace of God, the living hope that they can have is all because of God's grace. And because of his grace, they can live holy lives. Notice that um, it says it's the grace we'll receive at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In a different translation, verse 13 says, calls us to prepare our minds for action and to be sober-minded. Literally, Peter here is saying, uh, if you ever heard this uh, phrase, gird up your lines of our minds, or something like, in today's modern world, we say, roll up your sleeves, or your mental sleeves. For most of biblical history, men and women were, wore robes in, in daily life. Even the soldiers would wear robes with armour on top. So as you can imagine, um, when the common person ran, um, or when the soldiers went into battle, these robes would probably get in the way. And they'll prevent them from doing what they need to do. So they would literally pull them up above their knees and then, the, then they'll tie them to fasten them in place with a, with a smaller belt to prepare them for more agility and, and fast movement. And I remember at school, um, I used to daydream sometimes, a sad day in class. And sometimes I'll be thinking about, oh, at the end of the day, I want to play cricket. Um, oh, I really hope I play, play well. Or I'll be daydreaming about my favourite team, um, playing and winning. And sometimes that daydreaming reflected in the grades I got. But here Peter is saying, be prepared for action in our minds with regards to the gospel and the commands that God has given us. Now Peter wrote this letter to, to the five churches, Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, in Britannia, to encourage them in their Christian faith. Peter encourages them with the good news of Jesus Christ in the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. He also exhorted them to live a holy life because Jesus had changed their lives. And that's why in 1 Peter verses 3 to 12, Peter writes about all these amazing reasons why we ought to praise the Lord. Now Peter's using this image to call his readers to get to kind of get ready mentally. He says, 
set our hope fully on the grace to come. This isn't positive thinking or, or just uh, fancy, fancy wishing. Oh, like really hope that this year or next year will be better than this year. I really hope my team wins. But a Christ-centered boast of what he has done in the past and what he will do one day in the future. You've got to put our hope in God for the future. But we also could have got to put our hope in God for now. That ultimate hope that we have in Christ. And we are hopeful today. You might be in a place where if you are in a war zone, you're hoping for peace. You're hoping for peace. If you're unable to have children, you're hoping to have kids. If you're sick, you're hoping for healing. All of these things are good. But if we make those things the, the focus of our hope, then they could very easily become functional saviors. And then our hope is crushed when we put our hope on those things. Peter reminds us to do the hard work of placing our minds in hope where, we, where it ought to be. That is in Jesus. These phrases set your, uh, prepare your minds for action or be sober-minded and set your hope fully on, not in terms of inaction. It's, it, they're not passive phrases. They are, they're, they're describing discipline, effort, and work in regards to living in a spiritual way. Or in other ways, you could, you, could, you could phrase this saying, these phrases are a call to work hard to becoming holy. But see the direction we work towards, we work hard towards. The grace in view here is both past tense and future tense. The verses leading up to this passage, particularly verse 17, makes it plain that in Christ we have received grace. And one day we will receive more grace when Jesus returns. So grace behind us, grace before us. How it changes we live right now. So holiness is first and foremost a response of future grace. And then secondly, holiness is a rejection of our former sin. That's verses 14 to 15. Let me read these verses for you. It says, As obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. Peter reminds us two amazing truths that are connected to being a Christian here. First, that we are children of God. And next is that God has saved us from those sinful passions of the past. As God's true children, we are called to be obedient children who turn away from something and, and turn towards something. And that is turning towards God. We turn away from what we used to be and we turn and run towards God. Formerly we walked in ignorance, hating God, hating each other. You might have been in that place. 
now being saved, God expects us to work, to work and to walk differently. How so? We turn towards a holy life. Peter saying, if you are a believer and you've been saved, you've been reborn by the power of the Holy Spirit, who's given us a new heart, this new heart produces new desires. It produces new loves. It produces new aspirations. And it changes the way that we live our daily life. We've been set apart for a reason. It's to live our lives here in this world, but not off this world. Just picture this. That you are in, in, in a boat in the ocean. But if if bit of the ocean comes into the boat, you'll be in a bit of trouble. So we we meant to be in this world, but not of this world. Peter's aware, um, he's very aware, and, and, and we as Christians need to be aware when we feel pulled and tempted in certain ways, to live in certain ways, to behave in certain ways, to talk in certain ways. And those things happen when we, when we don't deny our, our, our past. When we don't resist our sinful desires, when we fall into them. But here, Peter is saying to us, he's commanding us, he's saying, be obedient, be holy. Therefore, obedience and holiness means conforming to Christ rather than the world around us. This means holiness is just not an optional thing for the church or for you if you believe and trust in Christ. Holiness is not just for a mature Christian. Holiness is not just something for pastors or elders or people in leadership. Holiness is for those who believe and trust in Christ in all times and all places. So my question to you, are you holy? Do you know the holiness I'm speaking about? I'm not asking you if, you're a church, uh, if you attend church regularly or if you've been baptised or if you've been taking the Lord's Supper. I'm not asking you if you, if you wear those, that badge that says I'm a Christian. I'm not asking you if you approve of holiness in others or if you read books uh, of, of lives of holy people. I'm not asking if you want to be holy or hope to be holy someday. I'm simply asking this, are you holy? Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Others will see God in your life if you pursue holiness. You will see the God more clearly if you pursue holiness. Most of the world will see that character in you, the character of God in you, if you collectively are pursuing holiness. So you've got to reject our former sin. We've got to reject our old selves. And in verse 16, it reminds us that holiness is a reflection of God's fullness. 
if you just look at the moon, have you ever thought that moon, although appearing to be really, really nice and bright, has no light of its own? It only reflects the sun. The same has to be of us. In ourselves, we've got to reflect God's pure light. And that's what Peter here in verse 16 very clearly says. Be holy because I am holy. God is the originator of holiness. There is simply no holiness without him. For it came from him. And will always come from him. So, are you holy? So my second part is, what does holiness actually look like? We've seen what is holiness. Now, what does it look like? And that's an important question where we ask, so what? We know God is holy. We, we know we ought to be holy. So what does holiness look like? First, be who you are. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8. At one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Secondly, look to the cross. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24 reminds us, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live in righteousness. And third, work hard at holiness. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 said, For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Though it, it was not I, but the grace of God that is within me or with me. So today I might be speaking to someone whom God is calling to repent of their sin and put their trust in Jesus Christ as Saviour and Lord. Or I might be speaking to someone um, who is very, very good at faking Christian life outwardly. But inwardly you're not living in holiness. You're not dealing with the sin that's in your life. And it's only a matter of time until you, you fall outwardly. I might be speaking yet to others who have fallen outwardly. Your life is now right, either before God. I want to remind us of these words, verses from Romans chapter 12, where Paul commands, he commands the church at Rome. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. Friends, let us present our bodies as living sacrifices to God. And let's be pure and holy in his eyes. Let us be pure and holy in what we hear. Let us be pure and holy in our minds and what we think. Let us be pure and holy in our mouths and how we speak and what we speak. 
Let us be pure and holy in our hearts and in, in what we desire. And let us be pure and holy in every area of our life, just as the Lord Jesus is. So I hope today is a challenge for you, as it's been a challenge for me, to live a life that is striving to be holy for Christ. To live a life here which is in this world, but not of this world. And that's why we are set apart. Set apart for a time where we can serve God in what we do, but by remaining in him. So may God bless you as you ponder on these few words I've shared, and may it lead you throughout this week uh, in a time more uh, as you um, get closer to Christ. If you've got any questions or any comments, do, do uh, let me know. But may God bless you. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Father, we just want to thank you so much for your word that teaches us, guides us, rebukes us, inspires us, encourages us. And we thank you for these verses from 1 Peter chapter 1. I just want to pray for my brothers and sisters, whoever have joined me today. May your blessings be upon them. And Lord, um, if anything's has spoken to them or challenged, Lord, I pray that um, they, they'll put something to action after hearing what I've shared. And Lord, I pray that may we be people who are following your will for our lives and your desire for us. As children of God, May we be pure and holy. So Lord, I pray may your blessings be upon my friends throughout this week. May you provide their needs. May you sustain them. May your presence be with them. And may your blessings go ahead and be with us too. So we ask this in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining me again. May God bless you. May he keep you safe. And I look forward to uh, seeing you again soon. Take care. God bless. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Woody Online. We hope this week's message has inspired and blessed you. If you're ever in Cardiff, we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services at 10.30 a.m. Don't forget to check the show notes below for our contact details. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to tune in again next week for more inspiring content. We look forward to connecting with you soon.